by nature, most of us DJs find our comfort in like old record stores and thrift stores and stuff. And we're always kind of looking back into the past and then trying to trying to uh, reinvent you know, some of the greatness of the past and, and put it in a, a new context. So just by nature, you know, I'm, I want to hear old shows and I want to hear what this show sounded like 20 years ago and I want to hear what they were playing and I want to discover new old music, right? This is Radio Survivor. My name is Eric Klein. Today, we're talking about The Eclipse Show. It airs on community radio station KGNU in Boulder, Colorado, and The Eclipse Show is celebrating 40 years on the air, continuously, making it quite possibly the longest-running hip-hop radio show in the world. My co-host and I, Jennifer Waits, we've been examining uh, the role that community and college radio has played in the development of hip-hop culture, especially in the 80s and 90s. And today, we bring you an interview with DJ AL of The Eclipse Show, who, through a series of remarkable coincidences, as well as following his passion, has found himself contributing to and helping to preserve the history of this multi-generational creative project, the likes of which are only possible on the sorts of community radio stations we here at Radio Survivor love to celebrate. Let's begin with the clip that DJ AL shared with us for this episode of Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder being interviewed on The Eclipse Show sometime around 1981. I hope that we take advantage of this great opportunity that we have and that we do not um, make for a world of devastation that is very possible to be we do not fall into the arms of those that would like for us to believe that hatred and those negative things are the way we should go. And I think it's all, as communicators of radio and music, um, um, press, whatever, business people, clergymen, we all really have that responsibility, whether we're reaching a couple of people or a hundred people, a thousand people, millions of people. It's really our responsibility and we cannot shove it. That's Stevie Wonder in studio at KGNU in Boulder, Colorado, being interviewed on The Eclipse Show, which has been airing continuously for four decades every Sunday night. Now my co-host, Jennifer Waits. We're here on the line today with DJ AL, Aaron Ladley, out of KGNU in Boulder, Colorado. And Aaron, we're reaching out to you because we heard that you might possibly be at one of the oldest hip-hop radio shows in the country. So Eric Klein and I, we wanted to bring you on to Radio Survivor to get to the bottom of this fascinating show, The Eclipse Show at KGNU. How are you doing today, Aaron? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. And we, I understand that the... Is it, it, does the Eclipse show begin when KGNU begins in the late 70s, or is, does it come on a little later than that? Uh, yes, that's correct. So uh, KGNU started in 1978 out of Boulder, Colorado. It's now in Boulder and Denver as well. And the Eclipse show was started with the inception of the radio station. So all the way back to 1978. That's correct, yeah. Wow, and do you know... Um... What was, you know, it's interesting, you sent us some archives of the show and, and we, we got turned on to it when we were talking to Ryan McMichael from the Hip Hop Radio Archive. So he, he revealed to us that this might be the longest running hip hop radio show. And, you know, from listening to some of the recordings, it sounds like the show, you know, may not have been described as a hip hop show in the very beginning. 
Can you take us back to what that early show, how it was conceived and the types of music and content that that were on the Eclipse show in 1978? Yeah, and tell us about the people that 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 were the DJs of that show. Sure. So uh, the show started as basically like an alternative radio show that served um, the community of color, particularly uh, black African-American people. And um, it basically was dubbed the shedding of a blacker light. So it was called the Eclipse show, the shedding of a blacker light. And um, the, the light that was shed was mostly music that wasn't really on your radios, um, on your radio dial, as well as um, news and interviews and a, a whole black perspective as they coined um, that was uh, very special with that radio show. It was started by a person named Steve Chavis in 1978. And there's a, there's a bunch of really cool stuff um, that was going on very early on in the show. Um, they would interview people like Gil Scott Heron and C.B. Wonder and people like that. And speaking of uh, claiming to be the longest running hip hop show on the planet, it's a it's a pretty outlandish claim. And you know, as as kind of a hip hop head and a historian in that world, the the terminology hip hop wasn't really used to um, define the culture of rap at the time. Hip hop was a term that basically got popular in the early 80s with uh, Africa Bambata and uh, kind of the movement that he was doing. Um, so it's really hard to claim to, you know, stake your claim as a long running hip hop show. But one thing that um, kind of will um, prove that point is that when the early rap records came out, you know, some people say that the Rapper's Delight or King Tim or Curtis Blow, The Breaks this uh, radio show was playing those, you know, um, simultaneously. So there's not another radio show that's been on air for 40 years that was playing rap records that's still playing rap records. So I think it's a, a pretty outlandish claim, but I think that we can kind of back it up. Well, let's drop in a clip that DJ AL shared with Radio Survivor of a promo for the Eclipse show dating back to 1981. You ever went over a friend's house to grief and the songs just weren't no good? I mean, the record's so dusty, the needle gets crusty, just like you thought it would. And then you ask your friend why the music he's playing is from so, so long ago. And your friend says, man, this is all I got, cause ain't nothing on the radio. And then your hands start shaking as you get to making it over to your radio dial. Cause Eclipse is on, I'm on the microphone, and there's plenty of funk for a while. Say, join me, the HMS Express for Eclipse. The shedding of a blacker light from 7 to 10 p.m. It's so, so delightful. The HMS, the XPR, the E with the double S. I say I don't really know who rocks the worst, but I know who funks the best. Everybody go sit down, get down from 7 to 10. And while you sitting there checking it out, and call up all your friends. Everybody go sit down, get down from 7 to 10. Cause if you miss me this week, it's a week till I'm back again. Everybody go sit down, get down. From That's a 1981 on air promo for the Eclipse show on KGNU in Boulder, Colorado, which could be the longest continuously running hip hop radio show in the world with its starting date in 1978. It's pretty amazing. And and what was going on in the culture in in Boulder at the time? Were were there any other stations that were 
playing this type of material or were there other cultural institutions that were kind of partners with the station at the time? Sure. So this is all information that I've gathered from other people because this predates uh, my birth. I wasn't born, uh, I was born in 1984. So 1978's going back a little bit far for me, but there was a, a couple other uh, radio shows that are around at the time and possibly maybe before that, but uh, there was a radio station called KDKO and it was an AM station. And that also um, really catered to the African-American community, but that was mostly a Denver thing. And it was very, um, it was really hard to get from what I heard on the dials. And um, having an FM station uh, was kind of a, a groundbreaking thing, especially one that was catering to this demographic. Yeah, it seems like, an interesting show. And, you know, from the episode that I was listening to from uh, around 1980, it was playing a mixture of jazz and funk um, and, and kind of an, an, a great mix of, of different sounds, you know, along with this kind of early, early rap music. Um, can you describe, you know, am I accurate in kind of portraying the the styles of music that were being played on the Eclipse show, and 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 how has that changed since 1978? Yeah, absolutely. So in 1978 and 1980, I think um, some of the clips that we um, sent, uh, you know, that I fired off to you guys were from the early 80s, and um, very funk influence, very um, jazz, soul. You even had some slow R&B music and some dedications to people and their and their significant others and stuff like that. So you still had that format. Um, you know, back in the early '80s, um, I've talked to a lot of people that were were DJing back then and um, that are now rap DJs or would be considered hip hop DJs, and they would always tell me that there really wasn't enough hip hop songs to actually play a full set back then. And it really wasn't a thing until the mid eighties where you actually had enough rap music that came out on vinyl to where you can actually spin. So, um, but also it's just that that was also the music of the time was still funk based and still kind of coming out of disco. And yeah, I definitely heard some disco, like definitely heard some disco influence in there, which was awesome. Right. So, I mean, ultimately it's all black music and, as black music kind of changed throughout the eighties and into the nineties, uh, black music basically became, um, from all these, uh, you know, beautiful genres like jazz and funk and soul and disco, it basically got compart compartmentalized into hip hop and R and B. And so throughout the early nineties, you kind of see that they're still trying to play jazz a little bit in there, but it's starting to kind of get sound like the quiet storm. Um, you know, hour. And so they start kind of moving towards a hip hop direction. And by the mid nineties, it became an all out hip hop show. That was a, a mix show and became a platform and uh, a stepping stone for a lot of DJs that are still around in Colorado uh, to really build their careers. And has it always been a Sunday night, three hour show? Yep. It's been on air in the same time slot for 40 years. Wow, that's Pretty amazing. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. So in the early episodes, there was also, um, you know, like a calendar, uh, the Africa report. Is that still a staple of the show? Um, it is not. And so 
as hip hop kind of morphed, right? You had black music kind of morphed into hip hop and then hip hop kind of became this thing that morphed into this uh, multicultural, um, you know, community. And so what has happened over the last, like, I would say 20 years with the Eclipse show is it's, it's less about, um, I guess, the African-American perspective, even though we still obviously represent that, but it's, you know, our crew is just very multicultural. I'm, you know, I'm Hispanic and Caucasian and we have, you know, Chris who's African-American and um, Mimi who's Asian. And, you know, so it's no longer really about, um, you know, spreading African-American news per se, but we still do that in the of the music that we play. Um, but we had a lot of uh, groundbreaking things um, and segments. We at one point had a professor, Manning Marable. He was a part of the show and he's actually a, a Pulitzer Prize award winner for his book, Malcolm X, A Life of Reinvention. And uh, he got awarded that in 2011 before he passed. And so the story behind that was he was a professor at CU. And so he basically contributed to KGNU and to the Eclipse by doing a, a segment of, of news, essentially. So we've always kind of had that element. We've kind of strayed away from it in the last, um, the last maybe 15, 20 years. But we, we definitely talk about topics that are affecting um, people of color and um, under, underserved communities. We're on the line with DJ AL, who is a host uh, DJ at KGNU at the show The Eclipse Show. And we're talking about The Eclipse Show because it's currently on the air uh, spinning hip-hop records, but it's also been on the air for four decades. And uh, DJ AL, we want to definitely get stories from you about um, all of the people. I mean, how do you have a, a, a notion of how many individuals have contributed to the show over the decades? Yeah, there's been so many uh, people that have contributed to KGNU. It's kind of hard to quantify it, but I would probably say as far as DJs who've spun on air, it's probably in the hundreds. Um, rappers and, and producers and people who've come up to play their demos and to be interviewed uh, probably in the thousands, maybe. Um, so when you have those type of numbers, you're definitely affecting the community and uh, that's that's what the radio show has done. Um, before my time, there was a, um, a crew of DJs and consisted of people like DJ Chones and uh, as well as some people that have gone on to be promoters like Francois, uh, somebody who's gone on to be an incredible creative in the city uh, named Jeff Campbell. And so all these people kind of uh, cut their teeth at the Eclipse show very early on. And they're all professional artists um, to this day in Denver. And their contributions are, you know, phenomenal as well. So it's kind of been a catalyst to launch a lot of people's careers and, uh, you know, keep the hip hop movement going within Colorado. And how did how did you first get connected with the station and the show? You I think you joined up around 2002. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um I started listening to the show. I don't remember really how I found out about it, um, but I started listening in the late nineties and I kind of have an interesting story of how I kind of got connected to it. Um, in the late nineties, I was a, you know, an avid listener. I was a, a big fan of the show and anything that was underground and anything that was underground hip hop. I was uh, a huge fan of. Um, so in my experience, um, my parents, basically got divorced 
And in order for my mom to save the house, she had to start renting out our spare bedroom to people. And uh, she rented out the spare bedroom to a couple of different people before she started renting it out to a person named Danny, who she worked with. And she worked with this guy, Danny, at an Italian restaurant. And, uh, you know, she informed me, you know, we're going to have somebody that's going to be staying with us again. You know, his name's Danny, this and that. And my attitude, because I was a teenager and I was, uh, you know, going through a lot at the time was kind of like, um, I was pretty standoffish towards Danny and I really didn't care to, to get to know him or anything like that. Um, but because he worked at this restaurant and I had, a, you know, my mom worked at this restaurant. I had a few other friends that worked at this restaurant. They were kind of telling me, no, uh, Danny's cool, man. You guys should uh, definitely hang out. Right. And um, so I find out, you know, Danny is actually a DJ. So I'm like, cool. I'm a DJ too. That's pretty awesome. And then, you know, we dive into it a little bit more and Danny's actually a DJ on the Eclipse show. So all along, I've kind of been standoffish. I've kind of been in my room at nights and just kind of, you know, not socializing and just kind of staying in my space. Meanwhile, he's been leaving the house, going up to the radio show, and I'm in the I'm in my own room just listening to him on air and not knowing that I'm living with one of the resident DJs on the show. That so is so it's cool. Pretty ironic. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's great. So your so your connection to the history of the show begins with uh, with Danny, and now um, you were telling us that you've spoken with with um, how many how many people do you have a number? Can you put a number to the amount of people you've connected with who have um, been producers or DJs on the Eclipse show over the decades? Uh, me personally, probably maybe three dozen maybe maybe like under a little under maybe 50 people yeah probably we want we want to get some stories from you of those individuals so why don't you um i I, i'm tempted to ask you to go all the way back uh to the early 80s but maybe maybe you should start um with maybe just somebody that you were very excited to finally um get to hear from them about what what they were doing when they contributed to the eclipse show which airs uh there in boulder and is uh Quite possibly, it, it, we'll we'll say it this way here on Radio Survivor. One of the definitely one of the longest running hip hop radio shows uh, in the world, if not the longest. Correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll start off with uh, somebody who's a, a good friend of mine, and and so um, going back to that last story, um, you know, I was living with uh, this guy named Danny, who was DJ D Five on the Eclipse show, and he introduced me to uh, Chris Nathan and. Uh, Chris Nathan had been on air and he still is on air. He's been on air since 1990. And uh, so he's been on air for 28 years strong. And um, so when I got first uh, brought up to the radio station, um, Chris Nathan uh, heard at the time I was producing uh, beats. So he heard some of my beats and really just invited me like, anytime you want to come back up here, man, your music's good. Um, you're welcome to to come up. So that was my experience with him. Um, but the way that he got involved in it was he was um, going to CU Boulder as a student in 1978. So the same year that the radio station and radio show got started. And um, he he read a, a prophetic note that was scribbled onto the desk. And uh, I don't I don't think he knows how it got there, but it just said uh, Eclipse 88.5 FM Sunday Night Soul Music. And so because he was coming from Denver 
you know, and this was a new thing. It was just like a note that was scribbled on a desk and in his dorm room the first night. And uh, so he started tuning in and he was a, a, a fan of the show, obviously. And it, it basically resonated with him uh, very well. Um, and in the early nineties in 1990, um, the second kind of uh, formation of the eclipse, which was, I believe at the time, the Iceman, um, and Becky Taylor, I believe, um, they decided to step down from the eclipse. So they announced that they were going to, this was going to be the last show ever, um, in 1990. So Chris, you know, he was, uh, studying audio journalism at the time at CU Boulder. He decided he would call up and ask them if he could take over the show. Mm-hmm. And, so, uh, so their plan was, to, their plan was to shut it down after, after what, um, 12 years. Correct. Yeah, that sounds, I, I believe that sounds about right. And, um, and so Chris uh, jumped in in 1990. Um, at the, at the time, again, the show was like, it wasn't quite funk. It wasn't disco anymore. It wasn't jazz. It wasn't soul. It was, you know, it was just like this weird time for, for black music that was uh, kind of figuring it out. And a lot yeah. of, a lot of lines were drawn. And I think within the community it was like, you were either this, uh, smooth jazz individual or you were this person that's really into this new movement called hip hop. Right. And, you know, so the line was really drawn in the sand, uh, within, I would say the black community, in my opinion. And Chris was, uh, you know, was a hip hop head and, uh, you know, he kind of found ways to start kind of sneaking in that music in the early nineties a little bit more. And, um, so if you listen to the early shows from 1990 and also, um, he recorded everything. So we have tapes of some of his first shows in 1990. That's great. Um, so if you, li- if you listen to those tapes, it starts off as this kind of quiet storm. And by the end of it, it's just uh, groups like Public Enemy and Poor Righteous Teachers just being, you know, very militant and very black in the, you know, throughout the course of the show. So um, Chris is kind of the, the staple for many of the people that I talked about, um, people like DJ Chones. Um, you know, he basically got brought up on the show and, uh, you know, Chones would, uh, they would battle basically to see who would be able to DJ on air next week. Right. So Chones would battle somebody and if he won, then he would stay on air and it became this kind of contest in the mid nineties and, uh, Chones got really good. Um, and he went on to basically become the first Colorado DJ to, um, live mix on a commercial radio station he left KGNU and went to a different radio station he basically brought that format and was the first person to basically bring turntablism to a commercial radio station in Colorado that was um like roughly what time period that you were just describing it was the early 90s the where the DJs would battle right. to see who would DJ the next that's wonderful um I've never I've never encountered that format of community radio, and I really like that idea. Yeah, well, as you're describing this transition, I'm also really curious about what the listeners thought as as the station was. That's a good point. And as as the station moved from more quiet storm type music to rap battles, and um, and did that happen sort of gradually, or what was the time frame where it was transitioning from? from one sort of format to the other and, and what did the listeners say about it right so um 
1990, I think they kind of exhausted what the eclipse was and the music kind of changed. And so throughout 90 to about 93, you can kind of really hear it just morph into like a completely different show. Um, now, with that said, I mean, we just DJed on air Sunday and Chris Nathan played a complete funk set from the 70s. So, you know, the spirit is still there and we're still doing the same things right. that they did on day one, you know. Um, but yeah, um, mostly it's been a pretty hardcore hip hop um, show since about 94, 95. And uh, prior to that, within those, you know, that 1990 to 93 it was still uh, mostly, you know, hip hop and then some R&B, but the jazz quiet storm thing uh, got phased out by about 92. And do you think it was so gradual that listeners were just sort of along for the ride at that point? Um, yeah, that's a good question. And I would just have to speculate because I wasn't a listener at the time. And um, I would really have to kind of ask Chris, but I think that just, in general, from, you know, the people that I've talked to, you know, that know their, the history of the music and, and stuff like that, I really do think that people started to pick sides. And, you know, I, I'm a DJ, you know, and I talk to people and when I tell them I'm, an, I'm a hip hop DJ, you know, they're like, well, as long as you don't, you know, you still play that Curtis Blow and none of that new stuff. And, you know, so I think that it was it became a, a thing of age that really divided people and yeah. and some people really weren't trying to hear public enemy and they thought it was too militant and and then you also have part of the black community that might be christian and you start seeing kind of this nation of islam rhetoric pop up in a lot of the underground hip-hop that was getting played at the time so i think a lot of people might have tuned tuned out but mm. um listeners were ready for for something hip-hop and you know, as, as we see now, hip hop became one of the biggest uh, genres ever, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of radio stations have experienced these sort of revolutionary moments where, you know, there's a big musical shift, you know? And, and so that's when it was happening at KGNU is the time that you're describing. Right. That's the yeah. voice of Jennifer Waits uh, speaking with DJ AL, who is one of the DJs currently on The Eclipse Show on KGNU in Boulder, Colorado. We're speaking with DJ AL because The Eclipse Show uh, dates all the way back to 1978 when the station was founded, and it, uh, it very early on became a hip-hop uh, radio show, so it may very well be the longest-running hip-hop show in the world. And I, I want to talk DJ AL about, like, I mean, one of the reasons why we talk about hip-hop at all on Radio Survivor... Oh, my name is Eric Klein, and one of the reasons we talk about hip-hop at all on Radio Survivor is because uh, of this idea that we've been um, exploring in the last couple of years on the show that like um, that hip-hop, which now you know dominates the airwaves, or, or at least uh, w what's left of what are airwaves, hip-hop is a dominant cultural force. But in especially in right. the early 80s or early 90s, um, it was much more marginalized and, you know, especially a certain kind of hip hop maybe still is and community radio and college radio, um, the space that was made on the dial for these kinds of shows, um, was extremely valuable, maybe more so than, than it is now. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about that? Like what kind of, um, what kind of space on the radio dial was there in Boulder, Colorado at the time when the Eclipse show was a hip hop show? Right. Um, that's a very uh, valid point. And so 
in in the '90s, and I'm again, I'm going to speculate because I was only um, six years old in 1990, but um, I do remember radio in around '90 and uh, around '92. Um, but you know, one of the things that's uh, you know beautiful about community radio is that we kind of have a, a, a mission to shed light on music that is underexposed. And so a lot of this music that became mainstream or at least laid the foundation for what we have now on mainstream radio came from college radio and community radio and places like that. Um, so if anybody's ever seen the documentary with Stretch and Bobito, yep. um, Eclipse is, is uh, you know, is up there as well. You know, um, if you saw that documentary, you saw that, Jay-Z and Notorious B.I.G. were like begging to get on this college radio show that wasn't paying them any money. They just wanted to go on there and rap. And so that passion, um, you know, obviously became an industry, but we kind of had the same thing going on at KGNU. And especially even when I started listening in the late 90s, you weren't going to hear that type of music on any other uh, radio station uh, because it was basically, you know, um, Telling, you know, there was there was a verbiage that was basically stating why commercial radio sucked. So yeah. you would, you know, we'd be playing um, songs that were basically anti-radio in a lot of ways. So there's no way that commercial radio was going to pick them up. And it, it took kind of like the um, the pioneers and the people that just didn't give give a crap to really get out there and play those records and and those records and those artists, uh, you know went on to become huge successes because of, uh, you know, community radio and college radio DJs. And has KGNU had connections with the local college radio stations in the Boulder and Denver area? Sure. Um, well, as far as I understand, KGNU kind of did start off with uh, some type of partnership or some type of something. I don't want to speculate, but I think we were um, attached to um university at some point but anyway uh to answer that question um in the in the late 90s and early 2000s another radio show sprung up that was catering to underground hip-hop and it was a college radio show and it was called bass mentalism and they came out in maybe 99 2000 and and they basically kind of took what the what the format for hip-hop mix show was or what eclipse format was and they kind of modernized it in a way. They started playing, uh, you know, this kind of more, it gets termed like backpacker music, but it was kind of this smart music that was coming out and it kind of, it more, it catered towards like kind of the college community and Eclipse kind of stayed catering to kind of the hood community. Um, and so, you know, throughout the years, Eclipse and bass mentalism kind of were, neck and neck in, in a lot of ways it was kind of like an unspoken competition in a lot of ways and That's i great. think um i think eclipse got overshadowed by this radio show called bass mentalism because uh the people that you know were running the show were smart and they um you know they started a website really early on and uh they they had really good branding and you know um they had stickers and all this stuff and eclipse was still kind of a, a street team kind of um thing so um over the years we really haven't um partnered with any uh you know college radio shows over the last 20 years um 
but yeah, there, we definitely have to give them their respect and their props for what they've done and how they've pushed the culture forward as well. That's great. It reminds well, me, it reminds me of the, um, sort of like a, a, a reflection of the DJ battles that you were describing to, to decide who gets to, to DJ the next show. You know, you had exactly. the Eclipse show exactly. and Bass Minimalism battling uh, over the influence on the right. hip-hop culture in Boulder, Colorado. Well, and also right. interesting to hear yeah. that, you know, the different takes that you had on on the hip-hop music, too. Right. Um, well, and, that, and that a community could have, um, you know, such a rich hip-hop radio culture to have these two really important shows yeah. is, is pretty amazing. And you were, you were saying earlier right. that the Eclipse show, when it was on the air in the early 80s, um, they played every single hip hop record that existed, right? And still couldn't right. fill up a three hour show. And so it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's nice to see, um, hip hop grow to the point where there could be two, um, competing hip hop shows that play different genres of hip hop and that there's space, there's space on the dial for both in, in your community. Yeah. That's, that's an incredible thing. Yeah. Yeah, and we're talking about it because um, we're talking on Radio Survivor about how community radio plays its role, community and college radio plays its role in um, broadcasting this kind of music. So you, so DJ AL, you've been working as an archivist for the show. Could you explain to us what that involves? Right, of the Eclipse show on KGNU. Sure, sure. Well, um, you know, by nature, most of us DJs um, – you know, find our comfort in like old record stores and thrift stores and stuff. And we're always kind of looking back into the past and then trying to, trying to uh, reinvent, you know, some of the greatness of the past and, and put it in a, a new context. So just by nature, you know, I'm, I want to hear old shows and I want to hear what this show sounded like 20 years ago. And I want to hear what they were playing and I want to discover new old music. Right. So, um, one of the things that really kind of sparked my latest kind of project, I guess you would call it, and I guess it's become a project, but I just thought that, you know, the history had to be documented and God forbid somebody, you know, had, you know, some reel to reels and their house burns down and nobody gets to hear those again. Right. So, um, about like six months ago, um, I ran into an old, uh, host of the show named DJ discern. And uh, we kicked it one afternoon and we were kind of, you know, reliving the good old days. And I was asking him about some reel to reel tapes that he acquired, you know, 10 years prior um, from the, the show founder, Steve Chavis. And, you know, he said that he still had them. And at that point, I was like, you know, I told my friend he hadn't really been a part of the show for about 10 years and I was just going to take them from him. And, uh, you know, we kind of went back and forth and then it was like, no, I'm going to take these from you. And, uh, you know, he's nice enough to let me, mm-hmm. let me have them or let me borrow them. And so, um, that's kind of what started about six months ago. I, I came home and I brought some reel to reels, uh, home and I didn't know what was on them. And I laid them out on my table. I had a buddy stop by about 30 minutes later and he was like, what are you doing with the reel to reels? Well, I was like, explain the, you know, what we were doing and what was on them. And he was like, well, crazy thing my neighbor was just throwing out what he thought was a turntable. And he told me, you know, I'm throwing this thing away and it's over by the trash can. If you want it, I know that you're in a like, you know, record culture. Right. So my friend goes out to this trash can and it's a, a reel to reel. So my friend tells me, well, I just found a reel to reel in the trash can last week that this guy told me about. Let me uh, stop by my house. I'll bring it back over here in about 20 minutes. So 
in the same day, within about a couple hours, we had, uh, you know, we uh, kind of jump started this uh, reel to reel and started playing the collection through it, through this reel to reel that my friend found in the trash and, you know, these reels that wow. have been sitting in my friend's closet forever. So within, you know, within 24 hours, I just, everything kicked in and I was like, I got to just hook up a laptop and a, and a, you know, a sound card here and start recording everything because I didn't know if I played the tapes that they would get eaten up or, if, you know, something right. weird would happen. And to be honest, I'd never had used a reel to reel prior to six months ago. So I literally had to teach myself all this in one day. And then I start listening to the tapes and, you know, I'm finding tapes that say Stevie Wonder interview, 1981. Wow. And I'm thinking, what, what is this? Right. And, um, you know, this is kind of one of the Holy Grails that we found. And it's an interview with Stevie Wonder going back. I think it's 1980 or 81. And Stevie Wonder, you know, uh, it's Steve uh, Chavis that's asking the questions uh, to Stevie. And uh, one of the questions he's asking is, um, what's this uh, Martin Luther King Day thing that you're, you're campaigning for? What's that about? Um, hmm. What is this all about? And, and so in that interview, you have Stevie Wonder explaining why Martin Luther King should get a national holiday and why he's campaigning for it and why it's very important and why we have to go to Washington, D.C. on this date. And we have to, you know, we have to uh, solidify basically as people. And it's really interesting because you see Stevie Wonder campaigning for Martin Luther King Day in 1981 on air of the eclipse. And MLK Day didn't really become a thing until, I believe, 1984, 1983. So you again, you see the power of community radio basically taking this this underground message and, and basically being an underground railroad, um, you know, for for the information that's being suppressed and uh, basically shedding, you know, shedding a blacker light, essentially, and, uh, you know, creating a movement that, uh, you know, we all celebrate to this day. So it's a beautiful thing. Well, let's give a listen to that clip of host Steve Chavitz interviewing Stevie Wonder in 1981 or around 1981 on The Eclipse Show in Boulder, Colorado. Your, your main uh, emphasis now is to promote uh, making Martin Luther King's birthday a holiday. Uh, he had a very great dream that he talked about. What do you want? What's your dream? My dream really... I'm one of those people who lives with the dream that he had in his heart. He was a very selfless man. He made it possible for us to, to in his lifetime, experience those civil rights. I believe that he was reaching as he did when he was killed, was working on trying to get a higher wage for the um, sanitation workers in Memphis, Tennessee. And um, as we all know, it consisted of many different people of different colors, so he didn't just, even though he was born of our black culture, he belonged to many cultures. Um, in the spirit of, of God, in the principles that are those basic ones of the Constitution of the United States and those that are the very divine um, goal that, that God has set for us all to experience um, equality and 
unity and brotherhood and equal rights and opportunities for, uh, for all people. That was Stevie Wonder talking about uh, the Martin Luther King Day, which had yet to be passed as a holiday. Uh, Stevie Wonder was on the Eclipse show sometime in the early 1980s. It's incredible. And, you know, I, I suppose that finding these gems is part of what's fueling you in continuing this project to to uncover the history of the show. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, you know, also, like I said about my friend Chris, you know, he's um, he's been on air for 28 years and he um, he's recorded almost every set that he's ever done. So he has a closet full of tapes and I've just been going back there and I wonder what 90 sounds like. I wonder what 93 sounds like. And in that process, I found some other really good tapes that just really almost like brought tears in my eyes um, going back to a tape that was New Year's Eve. 1995 that was probably another kind of holy grail for me um because this is uh this is hip-hop in 1995 this is when you know all good music was still you know the movement was still pretty underground um you know you hear these underground hip-hop songs but you also hear notorious big and you hear tupac played in the mix and it's not a thing where they're like you know, oh, and you heard Tupac, the greatest rapper alive uh, with that last song. No, it's just he was just another artist in the mix. And you kind of see this innocence at, from this 1995. This is the, you know, the 95 roundup. So they're playing only music from 95. Wow. And you hear all this great hip hop music before it was really, you know, it was just kind of at its peak, I feel like. And, and I can I can philosophize about that, but I really feel like hip hop. Um, in general, creatively really peaked out in 95 and 96. And also um, to philosophize further, you start having the Bill Clinton uh, act that came out in 96. And that really started affecting hip hop radio. So that tape from 95 is just this real innocent thing that it almost brings tears to my eyes to listen to. Hmm. Could you explain what that act is if people aren't aware of it? Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm best suited to explain, but uh, basically from what I understand, uh, Bill Clinton passed a, um, a radio, uh, an act that um, affected radio and allowed um, businesses or one person who's running a business to own multiple radio stations. Oh, right. The 1996 uh, Telecommunications Act. Yes, I know what you're talking right. about now. Yeah. Got it. Right. So and, and, and with that, yeah, and with that, basically commercial radio became you know, homogenized. And it's no, it's no surprise that by 97, uh, you know, a lot of commercial radio sucked yeah. and you weren't hearing balance, uh, early in the, like, uh, you guys asked how radio sounded like in Denver and Boulder, um, in the early nineties and going back to about 92, you could listen to, uh, Dr. Dre, you know, the chronic, which was gangster rap. And then it would be followed up by, um, Arrested Development, Mr. Wendell, which was this basically like a gospel record about helping homeless people, yeah. you know? And so you had balance. And when you go to 1997, 98, you start seeing that balance is not there. It's, uh, you know, all about the Benjamins era and the, the balance is gone. And it's really about making money from that point on. Yeah. And that, right. Like, cause yeah. Cause you had consolidation on, on the dial. So fewer and fewer, radio station owners and leading to less diversity on the airwaves. It's interesting. I've never thought of right. it this way, but you could you could make an argument, and that sounds like what you're doing, DJ AL, that um, after 1996 Telecommunication Act started the consolidation 
of the radio airwaves. So more and more radio stations were owned by less and less people, less and less companies, and the diversity of what's playing on the air uh, gets homogenized. You end up with uh, less good hip hop. Yeah, like there's just more. There's more. Uh, there's more of one kind of music being played, and less of all the other kinds of music. Uh, which, as we've talked exactly. about here on Radio Survivor, um, is what makes uh, the kinds of radio stations we love so much, the community and the college radio stations, so much more valuable, especially at this time. And we're on the line with DJ Al, who is with the Eclipse Show at KGNU, which is one of the longest-running hip-hop radio shows in the world. And you were just talking about um, a couple of archive shows. I want to know. Is the ninety nine the nineteen ninety five you know the look back at hip hop nineteen ninety five that aired on the Eclipse show? Um, is that archive up like at the Hip Hop Radio Archive? Can I hear it? Yeah, you can check it out at Hip Hop Radio Archive. Also, after FM, you can search the Eclipse. That's our um, that's our uh, radio. Um, that's kind of our KGNU uh, after FM um, mm-hmm. annex. We have it over there. But yeah, Hip Hop Radio Archive. I've been a uh, you know, that was a pretty ironic thing as well, because uh, Ryan basically just hit me up out of the blue. I think on one of the first times I started converting this, and this is, you know, I'm no, I'm being self-aware that a lot of what I'm saying is starting to sound really mystical, but <laughs> I literally like record, I started archiving these tapes and Ryan emailed me. I never, I didn't know who he was. He emailed me, you know, a day or two afterwards. Yeah. And said that, you know, he was interested and he was wondering if I had any archives. And I'm thinking like, okay, I've only talked to two or three people about this so far that I had these reels. So I think I asked him, I was like, oh, you talked to Dave, right? He's like, I don't know who Dave is. I just saw like this interview that you did four years ago on Amoeba. And that's how I'm, why I'm hitting you up. So it's like, oh yeah, well, I'm a, I'm, I just archived a couple shows, so I'll just shoot them over to you and tell me what you what you think about them. Yeah, you that, know, and so our relation kind of blossomed from there. That's wonderful. So you're you're referring to Ryan McMichael, who is the the founder of the website, the Hip Hop Radio Archive. We talked to Ryan McMichael um, a few episodes back here on Radio Survivor, and we'll have a link to that interview in the show notes today. Um, and that's you know Ryan actually introduced us to you, uh, DJ Al, so we could talk about the Eclipse Show here. Um, on radio survivor uh that's well, and, wonderful and, I, go ahead Jennifer. and and ryan really you know he he spoke about you know learning about the eclipse show that that really was an important moment for him because right. it it opened his eyes to um a long-running show and what was going on in hip-hop radio in colorado early on so yeah his, his i know focus, that you've had a big impact on him yeah, his focus he was telling right. us is on um you know, he came up with Boston radio hip hop and, you know, he was able to hear a lot of New York and New Jersey radio hip hop. But to find out that there was such a, a strong presence on the radio dial going all the way back to the early 80s and prior to that um, in Denver, Colorado, really uh, opened his ears up to those possibilities. Right. And, and, and Denver doesn't Denver doesn't really get its props enough for hip hop and you know, and that's why it is so surprising that we basically can claim that we have the longest running hip hop show on planet earth. Um, you know, when we talk about success stories, uh, hip hop in the hip hop world coming out of Denver, it's, there's few and far in between. And, you know, we have to go back to people like tag team who created whoop. There it is. 
<laughs> and if you look at all these other cities that, that are about the same size, you have Minnesota and, you know, you have this incredible movement with uh, rhyme sayers and maybe you go down to St. Louis and you have Nelly. Uh, you can even go to Texas or you can go to all these surrounding states and, and, you know, they've developed their own thing and, and eclipse um, or I'm sorry, uh, you know, Colorado doesn't necessarily have that. We have it, but it's a little underrepresented, but, um, you know, I feel like the eclipse is kind of the grandfather of, of our scene. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of want to get our story out there a little bit more. I don't know what it looks like. And, you know, I'm not sure what the future of the show looks like either. And, you know, one thing that I would like to do while we're, um, you know, shedding light here is, you know, just reach out to people in the community that might, um, might be interested in helping out in the show. We're a community radio you know, we're a community based radio show. And, uh, one of the things I would like to see for the future is the youth to, to take over Eclipse once again, you know? Yeah, that's actually, uh, that's applicable everywhere where Radio Survivor is heard, not just in the Denver area where, um, you know, like if if you have a passion for something, like it is definitely, uh, is definitely available to you to, to go make that passion felt at your local community radio station. That's what they're there for. I'm just really happy also that you were saying earlier um, all these uh, synchronicities and coincidences. It's just been my experience that um, when people begin to work hard on all sorts of projects, like things sort of just line up like that, that when, when the intention is, uh, you know, when, when people work on something like things fall into place. And so I really, I really like that, um, that you began working on archiving the show right at the moment where, where Ryan McMichael was uh, beginning to wonder about archives of your show, and and that coincidence right. makes me really happy. So it's good. It's good to learn about that on Radio Survivor today. Right. Well, I'm still thinking about the DJ in the bedroom next door. You know, when yeah, you were right. listening to the Eclipse show in your room, and and the new roommate is a DJ there. Like that, pretty much blows my mind too. So you've had a lot of right. really great stories. Yeah, you know, we're waiting for the next great story. And I think that's really, you know, where where the conversation needs to go is uh, who's going to be, you know, who's going to step up with this, with the next story, who's going to be involved. Um, you know, like I mentioned, Chris, he's been on air for 28 years. And, uh, you know, I don't want to date him, but, you know, he's he's in his, his 50s. And, you know, we have a, another DJ, uh, Z-Rock, you know, and he's a, he's a veteran as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a, you know, um, I'm not as young as I used to be. Right. No. So I think what, what makes the the show special is, you know, if you kind of seen how the show began, it's kind of seems like every, every five to 10 years, some new talent would come in and, and revitalize it. And it, it just kind of seems like uh, the current generation, maybe it's not as radio is not as important to them maybe. Hmm. And, you know, anybody could do a podcast and, and why would I, you know, have to drive to this place when I could do it at my house. And, and so, you know, we're looking for that next person that's, um, that's excited about radio to, to come join us that has a passion for hip hop. And we haven't seen that for a while. So we really want to, you know, reach out and, and grow our crew, you know? That's, that's an interesting way to, that's an interesting place to end up on this interview today. DJ AL, uh, Aaron Ladley is your name. And, you are one of the DJs on the Eclipse show. 
uh, there at KGNU in Boulder, Colorado, and the unofficial, but um, you know, you're you're trending towards the official historian uh, or archivist of the Eclipse Show. It sounds like that it's been on the air since 1978, and you've been doing a lot of work to um, to both gather up the the tapes that are out there in the world of all of these uh, decades worth of shows, but also um, collecting the stories of these uh, all the people that have contributed to the Eclipse Show over the years, the dozens and dozens of people that um, that have made this show what it is as it's been on the air there at KGNU. Can I, um, can I mention a few people real quick and just kind of give some shout out? Yeah, that would be delightful. Mention them and tell us, tell us uh, what they've done to contribute to the show. Right. Um, so yeah, I just want to give a couple shout outs to the people that are contributing right now, which is, you know, obviously myself, but also Mimi the Masala, uh, DJ Buddha Shenron, DJ Chris Nathan, who's, who's still with us and still, uh, still throwing down some good mixes, DJ Z-Rock. Deep Rock Dave, Alicia B. And then uh, we have a lot of DJs from the past, like uh, Mr. Groove, DJ Notch, um, DJ Mikey Thunder, uh, Pontius Pirate, Selector Sam, DJ Dijon, Isla Simone. Um, let's see, that's, uh, you know, the early 2000s. And then we got the 90s. We got people like Hakeem, DJ Chones, PD, Francois, Apostle, Kingdom. Um, and then, you know, want to give a shout out again to D5 and, and uh, DJ Discern. And uh, also just want to thank uh, everybody who started the show, uh, Steve Chavis and Becky Taylor and the Iceman and anybody that I'm forgetting, you know. So I just want to make sure that they're, they're represented in this conversation. And, and um, everybody knows that uh, we all appreciate everybody's contribution to the show. Yeah, I really... I, That's I'm very glad that you that you spoke that list aloud because the idea of one community radio show that's been on the air once a week for three hours for 40 years, so many individuals um, play their part, and it's so nice to hear. It, it's good to hear their names. And that right. and that reminds me, you know, for the 40th anniversary, have you had have you done anything special for the Eclipse Show? Did you bring people together from the past? Yeah, we're we're planning on something. There's been some unexpected turns and some people um kind of like suing each other right now. And stuff, so, <laughs> oh yeah. Um we'll leave that yeah, for the so, blogs. You know, I Yeah, I really wanted to to plan something and I'm still trying to plan something, but yeah, it's just kind of asking like, "Hey, have you talked to that person in a while?" Well, actually, uh he's got a litigation against me for this reason and it's all radio and it kind of stems back from it, but it's it's um, nothing too serious, but you know, as I've kind of dived in into uh, trying to put together a reunion, I, I realized it's going to be a little harder than I expected. Wow. But I, I, oh, I no. still think that it's going to happen. That's unfortunate. Well, at least you can you can recognize the history of what's gone on on those on your airwaves at KGNU um, in during the the course of the show, right? Like you know, you have forty right. you have forty years of history and. And you, DJ Ale, you've been digging into the tapes, so you could you can share that at the very least. And also, um, you know, we here at Radio Survivor will will help you celebrate those forty years because it's really a remarkable. You know, so so much of um, every once in a while, you know, we come across another story that reminds us of um, you know one man who's done his show for X number of years, and that you know, and then that one person's. Uh, you know, it becomes extremely um, 
what's the right word? It's sort of stuck. It's stuck in time because it's only one person's project. And that's uh, that's often right. what the story of community radio uh, is or, or can be. And so it's just very nice to hear about this show that's um, – that maybe you know, maybe some individuals played larger roles than others, but to have um, to always be able to have a, a, a group of people, dare I say, a community of people helping to make the show, I think, has made it much more. It's much more interesting to me. Right, that's what makes it so special. Is we have generations of people, and we have people from you know their twenties to their sixties that have been involved, and, and we're all one big family. Yeah, that's one of the great things I think about community radio and college radio stations that invite members of the community to participate, that you can have these multi-generational collaborations and creative projects. It's pretty special, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, DJ AL, Aaron Ladley there at the Eclipse Show at KGNU in Boulder, Colorado, uh, celebrating the 40th year anniversary of the 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 quite possibly the longest running hip hop radio show in the world. Thank you so much for joining us on Radio Survivor and and good luck with the uh, with the work of gathering up all of this history and the archives um you know uh, carrying the torch forward on that on that show. We really appreciate the time that you spent with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um and uh your listeners can also tune in at KGNU org worldwide every Sunday, 7 to 10 Mountain Time. Um, so yeah, hopefully uh, you guys can tune in for another 40 years. My thanks to Aaron Ladley, DJ AL. My thanks to Jennifer Waits. My thanks to Paul Reismandel and Matthew Lassar, also of Radio Survivor, who weren't here today. And my name is Eric Klein. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. You can listen to air checks of the Eclipse show, both uh, present day and distant past links are in the show notes at radiosurvivor.com this is episode number 152 of course you can also check out that interview that we did with ryan mcmichael of the hip-hop radio archive that sort of got the ball rolling on this uh, episode today that was episode number 145 again links in the show notes at radiosurvivor.com also if you're listening to radio survivor possibly on the radio perhaps as a podcast please do subscribe to us it really does help us out subscribe in the podcast catcher of your choice and if you have any feedback for us at all if you know of a radio show that you think we should be celebrating if you have a contribution to uh, share with us about hip-hop radio culture and how college radio or community radio informed your um, understanding of hip-hop especially early on when hip-hop was just uh, developing on the scene please do reach out to us podcasts at radiosurvivor.com is the email well thank you all for listening